the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. I'm proud to have as my co-host Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, one of California's fastest-growing mortgage investment firms, and Mark Cooper of H&L Commercial. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for three vacations given away during this show. Now, those vacations are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Lighthouse Resort and Marina, located about one hour northeast of San Francisco, and in which I have an interest in the company that manages it. Mm. The vacations are free. Their only request is a $100 cleaning fee, which does not go to me, by the way, uh, to cover the housekeeping expenses. You'd be overpaid if it did. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you very much. Uh, today's trivia theme is going to be historical trials. All right? Ooh. Uh, we want to make a quick mention here. I don't know if you noticed my beautiful tan, but that came from Tan Bella. You like that? I noticed it yesterday. Thank you very much. I, I you saw me yesterday. Right. Yeah, Tan. In fact, we got our photos done for... Uh, uh, for Mark's website for, yeah, for the new website, money. new yeah. photos, nice. and you came tanned, rested, and ready. There we go. Because <laughs> <laughs> they said they said I had a face for radio, so I had to this time get a face for website. Nice. All right, so check them out. They're a great company. In fact, they uh, have a special situation where you can get your wrinkles taken out. I got to check that one out too. Tan, if I had any, if I have any, yeah. <laughs> Tanbella dot com. They have San Francisco and Marin. Okay, Mark, what do you got for us? So uh, we're going to do a little bit of real estate uh, today since uh, Mark Cooper, commercial real estate, and Mark Honf, uh, residential real estate lender, uh, also commercial lender, too, on the private side of things. But uh, we're gonna, I've got a couple of articles that I brought here, and uh, listeners of The Best of Investing over the years will know that sometimes we like to bring articles in and debunk the headline. So that's a segment for today is I've got a couple of uh, articles here that I just think, you know, it's, it's I, I read a lot of blogs and it includes, you know, even Huffington Post and, and places like that. And it's just amazing some of the stuff that's put out there uh, in all seriousness that I read it and I go, really, are you kidding me? Uh, and it just makes me realize that, you know, the public, which, you know, nowadays with your, you know, cell phone where you can, you know, read all of these uh, um uh, news sites and stuff, and you see all these articles coming. And you, how do you know what's real and what's not, and what's true and what's not, and what's you know what's just completely ridiculous and what is you know outright you know I don't want to say lies, but it's just not factual. And so that's of, the definition of lies. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not factual. So so um, Mark, since you're commercial, I, I actually saw this and 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 pulled this up and highlighted some stuff and and I thought it was really interesting cuz you know we've got uh will they or won't they the federal reserve they're they're all you know everyone's you know betting on whether they're going to increase rates later this year meanwhile most of the economic news that's coming out the general economic news is pretty tepid and in fact uh, just 
the August numbers coming out for everything from employment to uh, retail sales is down, which would tend to indicate that, well, you know, maybe they're not. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But uh, here was a headline that I thought was interesting is, uh, well, the subheadline was more interesting than the headline. Will the risk of an overheating U.S. commercial real estate market prompt the Federal Reserve to move quickly on rate hikes despite lackluster economic growth? The headline says, commercial the commercial real estate risks pushing the Fed to raise rates. And I thought, wow, that's something I've never heard of. Now they're blaming commercial real estate if for they got to point the finger up. somewhere. Don't somewhere. They, right? Well, what's what's interesting? We were talking about a little bit this before the show. Is is that you know the Fed and interest rates? That's it's it's that's a national phenomenon. In fact, it's it's worldwide in its impact, and they're looking at national statistics. But but real estate's regional. Hey, so, I wonder so, if they could could the Fed actually do interest rates. In a regional area, on your block or your yeah, building, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in Marin County, rates have gone down. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, so, so like you know, commercial real estate. Yeah, it's because it's hot in San Francisco and maybe Manhattan. The Fed's going to raise. I'm just, I just think that's absurd. What do you, what do you think about the? I think it's like crazy that? because, uh, like you said, it it's it's a regional. Uh, you might see a bubble in San Francisco, but also you're going to see different asset classes where right now. Uh, industrial is really hot. Warehouses for sale or lease in Marin. I couldn't give them away about four years ago. Wow. And now it's. I've got people calling me. People try to refer me buyers or tenants for warehouses. I've got no in- inventory. I've got nothing. I mean, my least expensive warehouse is $1.7 bucks, and it's in the canal of San Rafael. Wow. What, what, yeah. what is, so, uh, what's going on? I mean, just getting more well, manufacturing? I think, I think what happened was when we saw a little downturn, it was pretty easy for a contractor to kind of fall back and just work out of his house. Let the warehouse go. Park his trucks in his front yard. Yeah. Uh, you know, drop ship all his materials. Let his employees go, and just really downsize. Well, as the economy is picking up now, everyone's making money. I've heard stories of uh, you can't even get somebody to look at your roof. Like if you want to put a new roof on your house, boy, you're waiting till January, February before they'll look at your roof. Oh yeah, this time of year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Contractors want they won't give you free estimates. They want you to bid. They want to bid and and charge you to do an estimate on your property, a deposit toward the work being done. And so now there's so much work going on. People are making so much money, they're they're buying up these warehouses. I mean, I kind of understand a little bit about the bidding with the roof or whatever because, you know, it takes time to do that. And, you know, how many do you have to do in order to get one job? Well, and there's a lot of guys yeah. running around uh, lowballing, but and so it, so we've got the asset class, and then we have the geographic area where everyone wants to be Corte Madera, San Rafael, but you can look into Bellwaring Keys, Nevado, Katati, and there's warehouses up there, but people just don't want that because of the traffic. traffic so, yeah. so we're, I would see the same thing with this this article about the Fed. It's like, well, geez, not only are we looking at all of America, but we're looking at every single commercial real estate asset lumped into one category. Well, that's just silly. And and, and when we get back from our commercial break, I want to talk a little bit more how interest rates impact commercial valuations because interest rates and rising interest rates affect residential and commercial real estate investment opportunities differently. Excellent point. Okay, we're going to cut to our first commercial break, first trivia question. Before we do, I want to make a quick mention here for the Mount View Hotel and Spa in Calistoga. So escape to the Napa Valley and experience the art of relaxation. They're right in Calistoga, the main street, uh, Lincoln Avenue, I believe. believe. Hmm. Check them out. Their rates are only starting at $189 and available on select dates in September and October, which is harvest time, right, for the grapes? So call 800-816-6877 or visit www.mountviewhotel.com. 
All right, here was our first trivia question about historical trials. And if you know the answer, don't say anything until we get back, Mark. What snack food was linked to the defense used by Dan White in his trial <laughs> for the murder of Harvey Milk and George Moscone? The first uh, caller with the correct answer is going to win a free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. What snack food was linked to the defense used by Dan White in his trial for the murder of Harvey Milk and George Moscone? Don't touch that dial. The best of investing. I'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Mark Cooper. First trivia question, which uh, excuse me here. What snack food was linked to the defense used by Dan White in his trial for the murder of Harvey Milk and George Moscone? Mark That's Cooper, Twinkie. what's the answer? Twinkie! Uh, the Twinkie. Oh, the other Mark <laughs> answer. <laughs> the other Mark. Well, if I said Mark answered, maybe you're both right. That's right. And we were just talking on air how, uh, like I mentioned, that the, the, the preservatives in there, my wife said, would last 200 years. I said, how else am I going to live to be 200 years old? That's right. Got to <laughs> okay. eat lots of those things. That's right. So, Mark, uh, you, you uh, teased the audience. Well, we were talking a little bit about commercial real estate and and, uh, and interest rates and whether the Fed's going to raise interest rates. And this absurd article that I, I pulled off the Internet uh, that uh, suggested that maybe the overheating commercial real estate market, which is really, again, it's a regional phenomenon. You know, where, where is it overheating? Is it overheating in Texas or San San Francisco or whatever, but might be responsible for the Fed raising interest rates. And and we, we and Mark, you talked a little bit about that, but but what I wanted to get into in, in this segment is to talk a little about, so interest rates, I mean, everyone expects they're going to go up, ultimately. So, and we know that what's a little bit different when you invest in, in commercial real estate versus residential real estate, there's, there's a more, I believe, and maybe you'll disagree with me, I, be, I believe there's a more direct relationship between interest rates, especially when they're going up, and how you evaluate commercial real estate from an investment perspective, whether you're buying or selling, uh, as opposed to residential, which, um, historically speaking, has tended to not follow up or down with uh, rising and, and lowering interest rates. Right. Well, one thing I'm seeing is a challenge is that some of these apartment buildings are having very low rate of returns, low cap rates. So let's say that you're looking at an apartment building that's $10 bucks and it's paying a 4% return, and you put 50% down, okay? And your interest rate is going to make or break this deal five, yeah, ten years point. from now. So yeah. when that loan comes due, uh, you might not have enough def- debt coverage to even to go to a bank and get refinanced. See, that's or are you going to break even? See, that's the one thing that, that concerned me in potentially buying commercial real estate is most banks will only give a maximum seven-year fixed loan. Well, on owner-occupied, uh, like SBA loans, well, 51% yeah. or more, we're seeing uh, sometimes 25-year fixed, fully yeah, amortized. Yeah, for an SBA loan. Yeah, but, but, but just when you're looking investment at property. 10 tops. 10 tops. And, and so, you know, I mean, that's okay if you think you're only going to hold the building for, you know, nine years or so. But yeah, you, you get that negative arbitrage if you're, uh, you know, buying at a four cap and borrowing at a five cap, you know, five interest rate. Right. Yeah, don't worry. right. But is the low cost of money solely responsible for, let's say, what's we've experienced in San Francisco commercial real estate? I mean, there's a lot of more variables, like demand, for example, well, and, and that it's what what's happened with tech startups and the demand for commercial space. I think another thing you're seeing is the low cost of money is also telling you that there's low rate of returns if you keep that money in the bank and, and, mm-hmm. and get the interest. <laughs> so money's cheap. And you know what better time would be? Would and yields be, are low across the board. Right. You're not going to get 5% in the bank. 
so if you've got the money. So I think that, that that's really affecting it. And you know, I've seen some guys that have uh, that got some money, and and there's uh, uh, a a no payment on like a Walgreens or a Rite Aid. The goal is just to get it paid off in in fifteen twenty years and take no income at all. And your goal is just to break even and pay the note down. So that you, oh, so you've that, paid the that, property. That's off. your rate. Yeah, that's yeah. your rate of return. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like okay, so when it's all said and done, I'll own a Walgreens for ten million bucks that's paid for in ten years, and I'll leave it to my kids. I don't need the income. That's oh, not me, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what are the concerns now, given the uncertainty of where interest rates are heading uh, among prospective buyers, real estate investors on the commercial side, as you see it? Well, and like I said, I'm dealing with. Owner occupants, mm-hmm. and I'm also dealing with investment property. Most of our investment guys, many of them are cash. Uh, the, the savvy guys are cash, and yeah. they're going to tie up crop properties pretty quick. So as soon as something pops up, they're ready for their next project. They jump on it. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of speculators who are, are taking chances with 25% down unless something is really, really good. And, and, and those yeah. buyers with cash, do they, do they have the cash, or do they go to somebody like Mark who – can fund so quickly that it's like you're a local friendly cash. hard money guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's nice to have two or three clients that I work with exclusively, and they've got cash. They cash so uh-huh. um, I, I think I mentioned I, I have one client that when I see something good, I text him, I call him, I email him, I print out the information, <laughs> and I drive to his house and I hand it to him. Wow, <laughs> because it's like if it's good, he will jump on it, yeah. and and that's someone that I've done deals with. There's a lot of investors running around saying, hey, if you find something, put it in front of me. Well, they're telling that to everybody they see. Yeah. There's no loyalty there. So there's a, a lot point. of people that are going to make no money at all on the deal. And yeah. I think once you get a good client, you really got to work, nourish that relationship. I mean, imagine you're a gold miner. You hit gold in one spot. Are you going to go dig somewhere else? You want to keep digging where you hit yeah. the gold. So you got to nourish that relationship. And it, it takes a while to get those clients. I mean, an agent's got to screw up pretty bad to lose a good client like that. But it happens. So how does yeah. – because so, you're a very good commercial broker. So how how would somebody like be like that good client of yours? What, well, do, they, you know, how, what do they do? So I would say uh, – well, first of all, how do I get the good clients? Yeah. And I started my business doing tenant representation. Representing okay. tenants that looked that had small office needs, and I would even go on Craigslist and I'd see what we would call a filbo for lease by owner. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy will have an ad on Craigslist for a warehouse or a vacant office space, and he's just marketing himself. Yeah. So I'd reach out to that guy and I'd say, "Hey, uh, my name's Mark. I do a lot of leasing in Mill Valley. I notice your space is vacant. I'd love to come see it. I may have somebody for the property. Yeah. Of course, the guy will go, "Hey, I don't pay commissions," and I go, "You know, I totally understand." Believe it or not, five people have told me that before. And if I bring you a client that wants to rent your space, I'm sure we can work something out. Sure. So I'll get their cell phone number. I get their email address. After I place a few clients with them and they see how easy it is, and I'm known for having good tenants, the question comes up, well, would would you buy another property? Would you sell this one? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I kind of say, what's your appetite? If a guy has a lot of apartment buildings, most likely he's going to be looking for that. Or he might like mixed use or retail. And... Uh, I, I live in Tiburon. I specialize in Southern Marin. So I'm just really focused in Mill Valley, Corte Madera, San Rafael. And a lot of guys will do all the Bay Area. It's really hard to keep track of that inventory. And also something we might get later, uh, which would be like off-market properties. Yeah. How on earth do you get something that no one else even knows about? And if you specialize in a little area, that's how you can really take it take okay. it down. Do you see any trends in cap rates right now? Um, well, you know, I would say that a good property in Sausalito is always going to be around a four cap. 
And so as the rents go up, the yeah. income goes up five in San Rafael and six as you start going farther north. So the, the trend is it's staying the same. And as the income goes up, the values go up. Gotcha. Okay, guys, I tell you, these segments go fast. <laughs> We're going to have to cut to another one. Uh, before we do, we do want to make a very quick mention here for the uh, Wine Garden uh, Children's Center. They're actually having a masquerade party on uh, Saturday, October 29th at the Hyatt Regency Santa Clara. Uh, their theme is Masquerade, where they unmask the silence for the children. Very sweet. Uh, check them out at listenspeaklearn.org. Okay, here's our second trivia question. Which one of the founding fathers was an attorney for the defense of British soldiers for the Boston Massacre? All right. Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. Which of the founding fathers was an attorney for the defense of British soldiers for the Boston Massacre? All right. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Mark Cooper. Second trivia question, which one of the founding fathers was an attorney for the defense of British soldiers for the Boston Massacre? Uh, we're just guessing here. John Adams. That's right. Really? Yeah. Huh. In fact, only five people died in that massacre. That's not such a massacre. <laughs> but You had to be there. Was. You had to be there, yeah. <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> All right, so guys, we have a couple of emails here. Um, one is right up your alley, Mark. I mean, I'm going to say private money mark, mark or commercial yeah. uh, commercial or uh, uh, hard money mark <laughs> hard, money <laughs> hard money mark yeah, okay. right. like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch uh, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money do you charge a non-refundable fee for a loan for a personal residence what if I shop around well first of all um, no <laughs> and you can't shop around there. yeah uh, <laughs> so one of the many, many new uh, uh, laws that came down, or regulations, I should say, that came down as a result of the Dodd-Frank uh, financial reforms is that when it comes to doing private money loans or hard money loans, uh, they're essentially the same thing, uh, secured by a uh, primary residence, you're not allowed to charge an upfront fee, let alone a non-refundable deposit. So. The question was, you know, do you charge a non-refundable deposit? Well, no. Not only do we not charge a non-refundable deposit. In fact, we never charge a non-refundable deposit. Uh, but we don't even charge um, upfront fees uh, because we're we're really not allowed to. But the only thing that we can have you do is pay for an appraisal. Uh, now that's a little bit different than. Um, on the uh, uh, conventional mortgage side, which has a little bit more restrictions, even on the conventional side, you're not allowed to collect for the cost of an appraisal in advance. So these are all good things for the consumer, um, for the borrower, for the person who wants to shop around. So you're not out spending a bunch of money or locking up a bunch of money in advance of uh, of getting a, a funding commitment. So and that so that's good news for you. Now, if it, there are some investment uh, real estate uh, lenders out there who do not make uh, residential loans and, and particularly consumer or owner occupied uh, type loans and they will charge a um, a non-refundable fee oftentimes they call it a a legal fee deposit 
So for like a million dollar or two or five million dollar loan, it might not be unusual for you to see something like a seventy five hundred or ten thousand dollar quote legal fee deposit unquote from which they will deduct expenses etc. And if they don't do the loan, they might refund you some portion of that if there's any left over, which are <laughs> typically I've never heard that there ever is. Um, but on the residential side, no. Uh, so for and that includes even residential fixing and flipping. Most of the companies I know, and again I, I but I can speak specifically for Pacific Private Money, even for people who are buying, fixing, and flipping real estate. In other words, they're in the business of flipping property. When they make a loan application to us, we don't collect an advance fee or an advance deposit, even though, uh, gosh, just this week, uh, my, my staff was a little bit up in arms over a borrower, actually a repeat borrower client who um, uh, made a loan application for an acquisition, and we went all the way to loan documents and got a funding commitment, and we were ready for him to show up and sign our loan for, a, I think it was about a $500,000 uh, loan, and uh, turns out he got some cheaper money elsewhere. And so, you know, we typically don't appreciate when we, at least we don't know that we're competing with somebody else, which we did in this case. But that's kind of the cost of doing business for us uh, in that business nowadays is, is you just you, you put your best foot forward. You try to do good work. Most people, you know, don't take advantage of the situation. Not saying that you shouldn't shop. Everyone should shop, of course. Uh, but once you've kind of agreed uh, to go forward, generally speaking, now, now, you know, I'm putting resources at work and uh, drawing loan documents, getting funding commitments, and so it does happen. But um, you know, we're we would rather be the company that can perform quickly and say yes and and be um, uh, client uh, client centric. And that's what we are at Pacific Private Money. So uh, if you would like any information about uh, how you might be able to get very, very quick closing financing for a real estate transaction that you're considering, and that includes owner-occupied, we're one of the few companies in the state of California, if you can believe that, and it's true, that will do privately funded, a.k.a. hard money loans to help you purchase a, a, a residence that you're going to move into. And that owner-occupied um, program, we call it our 11-month bridge loan. And again, it's uh, fast funding for people in need. It's a plan B when your plan A fails. And for more information, go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. Or if something occurs to you right now as you're driving around, go ahead and call us, leave a message, and we'll get back to you on Monday. The number for Pacific Private Money is 415-883-2150. Very good. Mark Cooper, we have one, a commercial question here, so this is right up your alley. It says, I'm not seeing any deals. I guess one of these buyers, there doesn't seem to be any inventory. Do you see any off-market deals? Off-market sort of right up to the top. Yeah. Um, well, when the market, when there was activity and there were listings, sometimes I would scratch my head when someone would ask me, well, I, want to, I only want to look at off-market properties, okay, because they've already seen everything, or they assume that the best deals uh, would already be taken or it would no longer be available. Uh, so when there are things out there and they're motivated sellers, those properties are listed and everybody could see them. And it wouldn't hurt to make an offer and see what the bottom line is. And sometimes I will make offers on properties and we walk, but then I know what the bottom line is when, there's, when there is inventory. When there's no inventory, my suggestion would be go with a local agent in the territory where you're looking for property and if there's someone like like we are, I've been doing this almost 10 years in Marin exclusively, and I've done a lot of deals, maybe 10 sales a year. So we're talking about 100 transactions that we can look at and see. And I've 
these people bought a property nine years ago. It's not listed for sale, but there's a very good chance I could approach them with a motivated buyer, maybe even an unsolicited offer, and say, hey, Ed, I sold you that apartment building nine years ago. Here's an offer for three times what you paid for it. What do you think? And that would be an off-market deal. But I, I'm skeptical when someone says, I only look at off-market properties. Yeah. Because there might be a great listing coming up, and it'd be a shame if you didn't want to look at it. So, well, I think I think off market might be more common in residential because oftentimes, you know, people find families in distress and they don't have relationships, and then they go, "Oh, well, if I can get you this price for your home, I have a lot of borrowers who come to me mm-hmm. with with transactions that never made it on the MLS, and I'm always surprised, but they just do a lot of door knocking. Is it similar in commercial, well, or is that opportunity not really? I mean, I would think that commercial property owners are more sophisticated and wouldn't fall for. Well, the, you know, the buzzword for residential I hear is a pocket listing. Have you guys ever heard pocket, of pocket, oh, sure, pocket, yeah. pocket listing? And when I hear pocket listing, I think, okay, either you don't have a good relationship with this person, with this seller of this property, yeah. and that guy's told 20 people, hey, get me X for my property and I will sell it. Yeah. So they're not very serious. Um, or, or also that... Uh, there's a chance that they someone else might be running and the whole thing could get scooped out from under you. Also, the commissions aren't protected if you're looking at the, a handshake. Uh, I was sure. talking to a guy in my office, and uh, I'll tell you a little more about a uh, pocket listing on our next segment. I was going to say, I want to yeah. hear yeah. that because uh, I want to find story. out. I was going to ask you if you, if, you, uh, you know, if you take pocket listings. All right. So uh, here is our next trivia question. What famous historical figure went on trial for heresy in the year 1431. That was the year I was born. No. Uh, the first caller with the correct answer wins a free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. And don't forget, go to the Best of Investing website and check the or click on the uh, paintball ticket uh, icon because we have special paintball specials. All right? Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Mark Cooper. All right, here is our, our third trivia question. What famous historical figure went on trial for heresy in the year 1431? So I'm thinking it was that guy who uh, thought that the uh, the planet's... Uh Revol- or that the Earth revolved around the Sun and not the other way around. Uh, was that it Isaac Co- Newton? Was that Copernicus? Or yeah. Copernicus. No, I was no, something no. world is round, world is flat. No, um, Isaac Newton lived in the 1600s. Oh, and right. in fact, he was, he was so brilliant, he, his friends could not understand about planetary rotation, so he invented calculus. Or he, did he not invented calculus to begin with, but he, he changed around a little bit. And because they were hungry, he invented Differential big Newtons. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, it was a woman. Oh. Come on. Come on. Who lived in 1431? Come on. Oh, the Joan of Arc? Joan of Arc. Very good. See, that's why I didn't give you a hint by saying it was a woman. So, Mark, you were teasing the audience. You were keeping us in suspenders. Right. Pocket listings. Well, uh, guys in the office, there's always, you know, coffee talk, and they say what what they've got coming up. And, and, uh, oh, about five years ago, a guy approached me and said, hey, I've got something coming up on Miller Avenue. It's a big retail space. Beautiful. And it's, you know, $1.50 a foot. And I said, you know, oh. do you have a signed listing agreement? And he goes, oh, I've been working with this family for years. The dad and I play golf together. We were in the lodge. Um, this, the, I, I got this one under control. 
And so I went ahead and told my client to drive by the property and see what they thought. It was a you know ten thousand foot warehouse, uh, kind of retail setup. Mm-hmm. So my guy drives by the property, looks, and my competitor's sign was in the window. <laughs> so my, not only was this guy had his pocket listing, but someone else already had a signed listing and was marketing the property. So my client calls Dude. me and goes, "What the heck? What's yeah. going on here?" And it turned out that the son of the father and son team a couple days prior had signed a listing agreement with our competition. And Dude. my guy was so in the dark, he never even knew what hit him. So uh, pocket listing, uh, in that case, not very not professional. so good. Yes, yes. Wow. Well, I also found an interesting article um, that uh, I thought uh, had uh, that really, at the end of the day, and this is out of the Huffington Post, and I guess uh, they've got some, you know, Good, good blog posts in there now and again, but every now and again you get a puff piece, and that's clearly what this was. Uh, but it says the headline is "Crowdfunding Transforms Real Estate Investing." And now, so the background is: is we've all heard the term crowdfunding for real estate investing, right? Where basically there's these websites that have been popping up now that will uh, that allow people, uh, including both unaccredited and accredited investors, accredited investors are people with a million dollar net worth or more, but but uh, more importantly, people who are not accredited, uh, but have money that they want to invest. And this allows them to invest in real estate. Some of these sites that have popped up allow you to uh, make an investment either in an individual piece of real estate or sometimes in a pool of uh, that's out uh, buying real estate, both residential and commercial. And, and all this stuff is really, really new. Even though um, it, it's a result of um, a uh, bill that was signed into law in 2012, it was uh, President Obama's Jobs Act. And most people think the Jobs Act means for, stands for jobs, but it's you know working jobs, but it's it's not. It's jumpstart our business startups. J O B S. Jumpstart our business startups act. It was signed in 2012, but it's actually taken several years for some of the more important components of that act to come through. And in fact, it's only been in this year, 2016, that now finally, 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 they've came down with the rules and guidelines for allowing uh, companies to raise money. Uh, on the internet through a website where they can solicit money from people uh, to allow them to invest in real estate. And so here, what it it talks about here is um, the guy that wrote this article, who was really, I think, probably just promoting himself more than anything else. uh, Starts out by Yeah, shameless. When crowdfunding first emerged, I saw in a flash that it was going to be wonderful. It was going to remove the middlemen the lack of transparency, the cost, and the time. Crowdfunding was going to transform this multi-million dollar real estate industry. I remember the day it happened. I said, I want to be part of this. And so um, basically the, the, the truth of the matter is, is uh, you know, this is a very, very, very young industry. Um, and notwithstanding uh, that he predicts that uh, crowdfunding, uh, what is he? he, he makes a claim in here that it has revolutionized uh, real estate investing and is forecast to account for more funding in 2016 than venture capital. That's pretty crazy. Well, first of all, I don't know that venture capital is really out there buying real estate. Venture capital is actually funding startups, and so he may be right, and it may be even more of a misleading statement than at face value. But, uh, um, you know, Roderick predict the fellow here predicts that uh, crowdfunding platforms will become the investment in the future. Just as travel sites replace travel agents and Uber is replacing yellow cabs, he believes that crowdfunding will become the standard 
for real estate investment and that crowdfunding has brought accessibility and convenience to real estate and leaders uh, such as the fellow who uh, promoted himself in this article aim to guide it on a path of continued expansion. So what, what do you what do you think about that? Real estate yeah. investing through crowdfunding and internet sites as opposed to the way it's dis- done today. I think it's a disaster waiting to happen um, because you have a situation very similar uh, even in, in the insurance industry because mm-hmm. you know, I've Part of one of my licenses, I have life, uh, sell life, life insurance, and they tried to do that over the internet. And even some companies have, you know, really tried to push it, and they've been somewhat successful. But it is so difficult because there's so many questions, and you need a human being to keep answering back and forth. And I can just imagine all the fraud that's going to mm. happen. Oh yeah, it's and like, it, what if I want liquidity? I need my money back tomorrow. Exa- exact, Who do I talk to? Zero. Website. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about this You're claim? Not be able to do it. I mean, they claim they go. Well, we're going to remove the middleman and the lack of transparency and the cost of time. Are, are they saying that you'll get a better return and you'll make more money by investing in real estate through a crowdfunding site than you will by buying it through an agent? Well, except that I think what they're really going for is a small investor because you can't buy a building with five thousand dollars, but you can participate in that kind of a crowdfunding situation probably with five Well, I'm kind of – another skeptical uh, aspect of this is what's the minimum buy-in and, and you know, can you stick in 10 bucks and own part of an office building? And as you start to get a pool this big of a crowd, uh, the question, you know, really is you're lowering well, the, the caliber of these people yeah. and the administration. is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's like an amusement park of, of uh Just the of accounting. Yeah, yeah, just the accounting for K-1s. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be ridiculous. I think this is great for the crowdfunding companies. I think as a business model, they stand to make a tremendous amount of money, just like people who put together REITs uh, and make fees uh, yeah. off of those. I think this is a great way to make money. Is this a great opportunity for the small investor to participate in real estate? Maybe, but gosh, buyer beware. I mean, yeah. what, what kind of controls do you have on you know, how and where your money is invested? Well, that's one of the reasons I like uh, your fund, the Pacific Private Money Fund, is that the investor goes in with no load and comes out with no load. And, well, and, and you, you bear the cost, not the investor. And so let's transition to a moment for that. So, so here you have a crowdfunding that says you can own real estate and you, you know, in, in drips and drabs and, you know, $5,000 here, $10,000 there. Um, another way to, and this is touted as a way for you to participate in the wealth building, uh, nature of real estate. Well, you know, one of the ways we allow people to participate in the wealth building nature of real estate is we make loans. We make real estate secured loans with true equity, true protective equity, typically no higher than 70% loan to value. And we allow private individuals to participate in the funding of those loans through our mortgage pool fund, which has been paying an average of 8% for the last three years for money that we lend out at around 10%. Yeah, so it'll be much more conservative than, than owning it. Because uh, yeah, you're doing it 70% rather than 100%. So unless, yeah. so again, I don't know what kind of return some of these crowdfunding platforms are promising, but again, I just think, you know, buyer beware. There's a lot of ways you can ma- make money on real estate, buying real estate, lending on real estate. You know, it's, it, uh, do yourself a favor and investigate this thoroughly. And again, for more information how you can invest in, uh, participate in mortgage investing, uh, check out PacificPrivateMoney.com. And Mark, really quickly, uh, Mark Cooper, how do people get a hold of you if they have questions on commercial real estate? Uh, well, my cell phone, which I love to okay. give out on the air, four one five six zero eight one zero three six, 
And my email is mark, M-A-R-K, at hlcre.com. All right. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing will come back with some closing comments. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing last time for today. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Mark Cooper. So, uh, guys, what, um, what what about interest rates going forward? So, you know, we started on the show talking about, uh, you know, will she or won't she? You know, the Fed is uh, predicted maybe they will raise rates. And we talked about how uh, one article came out about the commercial real estate might be responsible if the Fed actually does decide to raise rates because the rest of the economic news is, has been pretty tempered lately and uh, certainly doesn't uh, look like we've got a, a, a uh, uh, an overheating or even growing economy at this point. But regardless of whether interest rates go up or not, Mark, um, you know, as a residential real estate investor or a commercial real estate investor, sh- should we really be focusing on that? I mean, do we really care at the end of the day? Yeah, my concern would be that you would be missing out on opportunities because the appreciation of the value, the property that you buy is going to go up quicker in value than the interest rates are going to go up to chase them. So missed opportunity would be my concern rather yeah. than which way the Fed goes or, or that you might uh, get locked into a loan and the rate goes down. You know, God forbid. But I mean, timing the market yeah. in any uh, investment is is just problematic at best. It's certainly, you know, impossible in the stock market. And even in the real estate market, you know, you're trying to refinance your house. You're trying to, do I lock in now? Do I lock in next week? Dude, you're getting a three and three quarter rate regardless right. what, you know, who cares if you save a couple of ticks? You know, it's it's great. And, and but your your point is, is true. You know, real estate, I have never known a period in time where real estate wasn't a good investment depending on your strategy. And there's always a strategy where you can make money in commercial or residential Well, real and one estate. thing, you might want to own your primary residence first. I see a lot of people kind of running around. They've got three roommates in an apartment, and they're thinking about buying you know, a triplex or something like that. And the, sometimes the best rates I'm seeing are in your primary residence. You're going to take a hit yeah. if, if you buy an investment property, you know, a point or two. So, uh, and then you stop renting. <laughs> so right. that, you know, that's one thing that I would say. is Right. You know, and, and in residential real estate, I've heard people tell me, well, I'm going to wait for rates to go up because real estate, residential real estate prices will drop. And I say to them, according to who? They say, well, it's logical. Well, yeah, because you can yeah, afford it less is, of but a house. Show me, yeah. a, show me a statistic. Mm-hmm. Show me a, 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 a stat anywhere in the last 30 years where when real estate where when interest rates were rising that real estate prices were falling and if you look at that again I've, I've listened to some pretty smart people who study graphs and show this and they talk about this all the time and I've heard it from many sources and I've seen the graphs and there isn't a correlation typically when interest rates are rising real estate prices continue to rise you're going to get a lack of inventory, too. If, if well, the property value went down at all, people yeah. just aren't going to sell if they don't have to. Now, true, the average person can buy less home as interest rates go up, but that's not always the primary driver. It's, as you say, it's lack of inventory. It's just overall demand. And, of course, here in the Bay Area and in California in general, we continue to have an influx of people despite the, the, you know, the incorrect articles you read that everyone's moving to Texas. That just, it's just not happening. And we are, um, we've got 100,000 uh, fewer units being built per year than we need to sustain the growth in the Bay Area alone. Uh, and, 
uh, close to a million if you look at the whole state of California, and we're just not building homes. Yeah. I mean, I'd say if, if you have a job and you're making money, you want to get into the real estate market and own, and just don't let it pass you by. Yeah. And, and you know, and on the commercial side, you know, with, with rising interest rates, um, really it's, it's uh, you know, I, I just, I don't see, other other than maybe the cap rates will, will, will go up and the valuations go down a little bit, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Again, you know, the long-term play is that you have your, your tenants pay down your mortgage and uh, uh, interest rate notwithstanding, you know, that's how you... Uh, and through appreciation, you you create wealth slowly but surely, and, and the depreciation as well. And, and that's de- a that's a big uh, big factor. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna have to cut out here. Thank you, Mark Hahn of Pacific Private Money. Give out your phone number four one five eight eight three twenty one fifty or pacificprivatemoney.com. And Mark Cooper of H and L Commercial. Four one five six zero eight one zero three six, and I am Mark M A R K at H L C R E dot com. Very good. Okay, here's our thoughts for the day. In two thousand nine, ABC News found a total of a hundred and nineteen different spellings of Libyan dictator Muammar Muammar Gaddafi. Gaddafi duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a K, with a Q, who knows? And a Rubik's cube. Guess how many possible configurations there are? Three billion. 43 quintillion. That's a big number. No wonder I still haven't figured it out since 1983. (laughs) I'll tell you. Okay. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free vacations for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. Opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.